Hey, welcome to the Cold Turkey Podcast. First thing first, I've, you know, I created Patreon, so P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. You make a search on Cold Turkey Podcast or just Cold Turkey, and you will find all the information for contributing to the podcast. Um, the, the benefits or kind of the perks of benefiting to the podcast is actually to get the episodes in advance, um, get, depending on the perks, you could get um, some exclusive uh thoughts that I have following some of the uh, the guests I had and uh, as well as there's like one of the biggest bigger perks is actually to be able to um, fill the AMA right so uh, ask me anything you send me an email I and uh, through this uh, kind of quote-unquote VIP perk you can actually send me those questions and uh, I'll answer them either through live streaming or through um Actually, an audio podcast, which is the other thing I wanted to let you know. Coming soon will be video uh, video podcasting as well. So uh, I may implement this in the next few weeks or few months. So without uh, wasting any more of your time this morning, um, I introduce you to Tom. As I told you, I have a three-part series of three guests, actually two guests and the two guests together with myself. So Laura was actually the mother of Tom and um, Tom was my guest today to actually talk about his own road to recovery and his own path to uh, to kind of breaking that uh, death cycle that was uh, addiction. And so, um, I mean, it was a fascinating experience, fascinating to have a talk with him. I made sure that, you know, I didn't want to always refer to um, the, the kind of the trio that, you know, we're going to be doing eventually. So you're going to hear that by the end of the interview, we start talking about that. But, you know, I don't want to, I didn't want neither with Laura, neither with um, with Tom. I wanted to jinx the interview or, or the recording by talking about the, the, the fact that, you know, like uh, Tom was actually the, the son of Laura and, and so on. And so without further ado, here's Tom. Enjoy. Hey Tom, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Uh, it, I'm great. You know, like uh, you know, like I, I realized that this is my. It's actually my reset button of the day. You know, like sitting here in my like little cocoon and 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 yeah, having those conversation is my. Uh, you know, like I, it, right before we started recording, I told you about you know I'm trying to sell my house and you know like it's a bit of a pain in the butt, but um, but you know like as I set myself to record you know like i just forget about everything so uh, yeah it's uh i'm doing great <laughs> sitting here right now i'm doing awesome um the the i i have started kind of that routine um since march for obvious reasons so i'm gonna just start off by asking you two questions the first one is in what region do you live and the second one was would be um, what has been the impact of the pandemic for you, and you know, like kind of the collaterals of this, and the, the people around you. Yeah, so I live in uh, in Southern California, um, 
so I live in uh, up in Orange County, California. Um, and, uh, you know, the COVID thing, gosh, it's been, a, it's been over a year now. It's, it seems like it's, it's been forever. Um, it's impacted me greatly, you know, in terms of, of sobriety, things have, um, changed a lot. I'm doing all of my meetings online. Um, you know, not a lot of in-person get togethers, which I'm, I'm very much used, used to with the fellowship and hanging out with, with other sober people. And, um, you know, it's kind of been isolated a, a, a little bit. Um, and, uh, you know, with work too, you know, um, it's been hard to get, um, arts and, and stuff for the, for the business that I'm in. And, um, it's just been weird. It's, um, and, and Tom, the reason why I asked this question is that, um, I felt, I fit, you know, like it has hit me fucking hard to be quite honest. You know, like the first, first thing is that, you know, like I, I, I was not like the, I'm not, I was not so much involved necessarily at meetings, but it, it was kind of my weekly medication to get at, you know, like to to get out of my house, whatever temperature and weather it was, get it, get out of my house, sit in my car, drive 20, sometimes 30 minutes, get out of my car, find a fucking parking spot because of the meeting I chose. Anyways, uh, <laughs> but you know, like it was, it was actually that whole routine was, was, was medication for me. And, and, and hugging people, I, I'm not that I was like such a big hugger or that, you know, like I was like running after my hugs, you know, like I, it was not about that. It's just that, that it, it was the whole sequence of things I'm setting, I'm, you know, like I, I, I had just put my son to sleep or even leaving while we're doing like the, like whatever night routine we got for my young kid and, and I had to kind of cut this short. It took a lot of fucking, you know, like <laughs> cur- yeah. almost courage, I'd say, you know, like to kiss your, your family and say, oh, okay, I'm going to drive downtown to my preferred, you know, like my favorite meeting. And it was, you know, like there was something around you kind of the um, initiative you had to take every week to, to do these things. And, yeah. um, and now that you cut that out of my, of my, routine and having the shock of connecting to a zoom meeting where well obviously there's no ogs anymore you know like don't don't give me those fucking emoticons and you know like that doesn't work for me uh (laughs) you know i'm 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 kind of in a i i seem like i'm in, in a rant here but it was it was a huge shock and that's when i started asking the question because as time went I realized that people started to see or feel or live more and more, not necessarily depression, but symptoms of what could be eventually at term depression. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, it's funny cause it's like, yeah, I had to leave the house back when, before all this started and, I had to show up to my Tuesday meeting like an hour and a half early 
and wait at the door for them to open the door so I could run in and snag seat for me and my buddy mm-hmm. um, because they fill up so quickly. Yeah. And I'm like, oh shit, it's Tuesday again. I got to waste all this time. But then it goes <laughs> away and I'm like, oh, oh no. I miss it. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and it's by being unable to do it that I realize yeah. that it's not only attending the meeting, it's the whole sequence. Because I don't, um, I don't drive the same, I don't, I'm, I'm not in the same state of mind. Um, when I, when I'm on my way to that place, I'm not, I'm, 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 most of the time I'm not with the same people. If I, if I pick up or carpool with a buddy, it's, it's, you know, like it's a fellowship friend, even though, you know, like I have some that have, you know, like, um, overlapped, but you know, like sometimes it's, it's someone that, you know, like I, I meet mostly at, at, at meetings. Um, it's not, it's not the same. So it's, it's by being unable to do it that I realized that, oh my God, you know, like it's not the 7.30 to 9, it's actually the 6.30 to almost 10. That's actually mm-hmm. my meeting. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing uh, I, I have to ask you is, have you seen a similar impact to people around you as well? I have um, a very similar impact because I, I mean I still stay in contact on contact with uh, you know a hundred guys that are all trying to stay sober um, and, and have a good amount of time sober, but I've seen those guys fall off. I mean I, I have seen guys go out and get drunk, and I've seen uh, guys go out get drunk and take their own life um, overdoses. I've seen a lot of that stuff over the past year because basically the, it, most people, um, are just isolated. I mean, especially, uh, you know, I don't know how bad, um, the closures are where you are, but in, in California, they were, everything shut down. You says, can't do anything. FYI, I, I listen a lot to Joe Rogan's podcast. So, you mm-hmm. know, and he complains, well, he, he left, right? You know, like he left yep. Cali, but he complained a lot about, you know, like what the governor has done to the, uh, to the state. Um, to be quite fair, I mean, if we're not worse, we're even with what Cali has done, you know, like, so um, it's, it's horrible. You know, like it's, <laughs> I can't do shit, Tom. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh shit. My my girlfriend and I have been just taking trips every month to get out of here. Yeah. I and mean that's that, the that's the solution. You're you're either like a, you feel like a, a pirate, you know, like he, and you know, like there's the spring break coming for 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 us it's first week of March. <laughs> and um we're kind of renting an Airbnb, an Airbnb with some friends, like just like ush, ush, and we don't tell anyone. And it's just, yeah. it's, it's horrible. You know, like it's just bad. 
We don't. We I, just want to get together and and have fun. I mean, for God's sake! <laughs> I know. I felt weird. We feel weird leaving. Like we're packing up secretly. Like the government is watching us, and we're taking off. <laughs> Take like the, the SIM card mission. out of the phone. Take yeah. the SIM card out of the phone. What the <laughs> hell is that? You know, like it's 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 just crazy. And you, you you talked about your girlfriend. I mean, my wife and I had to almost like. Um, was it that not last Friday, but the Friday before we were giving dinner to the, to our son. And at some point I looked at my wife and said, Jesus, is it tough? You know, like, I mean, we're, we're, we're a strong couple. We are an awesome couple and it's tough on us. My wife yeah. is the social type. She loves having like, you know, like she's not part of any fraternity or fellowships, but she's, you know, like, so she, so she likes the wine and dine with her girlfriends and, you know, like the, the whatever happy hour she has, she has for work, you know, like she loves these places and she's the big social, really extrovert type. I'm mm -hmm. more of the watching like fucked up documentaries at home, um, <laughs> you know, like the, the video game, weird video game type and, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Not I'm, you know, like, I, I like, I love meeting with people, but I love having like a, I don't know, like two couples, three couples dinner home where I can, you know, like there's not like, like a ton of music that, you know, like we can talk to each other and all that, you know, like, so, so we're a perfect match, you know, like whatever she has in terms of, you know, like get together, I'm like, Hey, so long. I stay here with a kid and, you know, I do whatever weird things, you know, like, like I said, you know, like I watch stuff that my love, my wife hates horror movies. She hates, you know, like all kinds of things that, you know, like I appreciate. Um, it's been 10 months now that neither of us, you know, like have had the chance to, to do that, you know, like, so, so it's even tough on, on relationships, you know, like, so oh, yeah. it is, it is, a it is an, a, a quite quite a ride <laughs> quite yeah, a ride we, uh, we oh my girlfriend and i are the video game types we share that together and man we have gotten good over the past nine months we play together <laughs> against other teams we are good wow you're lucky you're lucky <laughs> and and it's weird because i'm huge enormous fan of the last of us i you know like i died and um when the second part of it came out it was um, almost when the pandemic hit. So I was like, okay, I'm going to just shut the lights. And, but it got me in such a bad mood because it was like, I didn't know where that freaking pandemic was going. And I saw that, like, I was like, no, no, no I'm not playing that game. Fuck it. You know, like it's, I, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not playing a post apocalyptic game while <laughs> I'm probably sitting right in the middle of apocalypse right now so no 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 i'm not no, no i'm not doing that so i you know <laughs> so i've i've put my video game playing on pause just for the sake of you know if reality overcomes what you know <laughs> the imagination of these folks uh, you know i'm like no 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 i'm not i'm not you know i'm not nixing uh <laughs> You know, no, I won't do that. So, um, but, but that being said, um, my sponsor is 79. He's, he has 49 years of, uh, sobriety and, um, he's, 
he's all over the place, like super involved in, in, in the fellowships in all, almost all of the fellowships. He's really involved as well as, you know, like uh, trying to develop um, and, and helping with the agnostic and translation of the agnostic side of fellowships. Um, mm. And so he's in touch with many, many hundreds of people. And uh, we we talk almost daily, and he was telling me that you know like he feels it, you know like he feels that he hears a lot about um, relapses, overdoses, depression, anxiety, more and more and more. So um, yeah, those are tough times right now. I mean, th and that's why I feel you know like both the listeners, um, I you know like I, I I repeat that every week. I've been repeating that for the past. Unfortunately, too too soon, you know, like too, I mean, I, I waited too long to offer that, but you know, like I, I tell my listeners, you know, like what, there's so many ways to reach out, you know, like through my website, through my DMs on Instagram, to my, you know, like instant messaging on Facebook that, you know, like wh whoever and where wherever and whenever it is, just reach out. You know, like I think that's the best bet that you can take if you think you're alone into that and you or you think that you know like no one understands you i mean just reach out you know like that you know like I, i'm you know like it it worries me a lot you know like i'm, I'm really worried about that oh yeah yeah it's hard because that you can't get the word out when you can't get out yeah and so and and, and you know social media is just plastered with all this bs anyway um well, so it just, it makes it hard, you know, it makes it hard for everyone. I, you know, like what has almost like, um, exposed the social media for me is the fact that life still looks like picture perfect on these fucking feeds. Mm -hmm. And I've been asking the same question for the past year and everyone has been telling me that it's been tough for them. So you know, like there, there's something, there's a glitch here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know there's something missing. Um, and so those, you know, like those that presents themselves as if there was nothing wrong I and mean, there is something wrong, you know, like there's, you know, like, you know, it's hard on anyone's, um, state of mind. So, so I, I, I kind of, I've stopped believing the perfect life of Instagram. Oh Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, as I pretty much do every week, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm asking my guests to rewind the tape of their life story, you know, like, and, and I, I'd like you to bring me back to either, you know, like your, your first substance use or feeling that you've been impacted by witnessing someone else using, um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, like sometimes one comes before the other, but it doesn't mean that it's less impactful for someone's uh, in their life. So right. uh, just bring me there, Tom. Yeah, no problem. You know, I <clears throat> I grew up in a house of, of uh, four boys. And uh, so I had three brothers. And, um, you, you know, I, I didn't witness anybody using before me um, because... I was, you know, I was a happy go lucky kid, but I hated school and I, I, I couldn't fit in. And, um, and I was really young, maybe sixth grade. Um, and, and I was ter I was getting bullied at school and I was terrified. Um, 
to go to school. And, and one night I could not sleep um, and I could not get over the fear. And my mom had been dealing with this for a while with me. And um, she gave me a, uh, a Valium to sleep, like a Xanax type, type drug. And all the fears went away. Everything went away. Um, I fell asleep, you know, like super quick. Um, I woke up the next morning and everything was back. The fears and everything were back. And I was like, maybe there's something, maybe there's something in that, in that pill. So you fast forward a, a, a couple of years <clears throat> and I find a group of people that, that like to party and like to experiment with things and marijuana at the time. And, um, you know, I was at the point where doctors I didn't think could help me or anything like that. It had to have been something else that I put in my body. Um, so the, the Xanax was not prescribed. No, 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 not prescribed. It was prescribed to my mother, um, uh, at the time and she thought it would help, but it, it, and it did, did. It, <laughs> yeah. it, it did, it, it did help. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. Um, but that was the problem, you yeah. know? Um, so, so once I found that those group, um, of people, it was, it was off to the races. I mean, I, I started off slow, uh, but then it was like marijuana drinking, uh, painkillers, Xanax, uh, you know, cocaine all within, you know, a couple of years. How old like were you when you got that Xanax? Uh, I was in sixth grade. Um, so I had to have been like 12, 12, 13, something like that. Looking back, would you say, what would you say it was? Was it like being like the introvert type or, you know, like kind so feeling like an outsider or anxiety or what? It, anxiety was there for sure. I mean, I'm like not an introvert or an extrovert. I'm like both. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the bullying didn't help. Um, you know, I think that's what set it off. Probably. What were, what were you bullied for? Uh, just, you know, my clothes or, um, for no reason at all. Um, a lot of the times it was for, for no reason at all. I'd come up and just get shoved into a locker or something. And, um, it, you know, it felt like I was the, that kid in the movies, you know, yeah. and, and it, it, it was kind of for no reason. And then it was just be, that guy. I became that guy. It was like, Oh, let's just mess with this guy. Yeah. And you know, like those are shitty times, right? You know, like just like the, the, the shittiest times. And so you, you just think that there's, um, you know, like that, <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. You know, like, and I asked the question because I, you know, like I was the nerdy type in, in little school and, and then in high school, because I was, I felt I was so laughed at, I decided to just fuck this image up. You know, like I, I wanted yeah. to mess that whole image. And so I think I fought in my first year of high school, I probably fought like six times, six to eight times. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, like I got my ass kicked, but sometimes, but I'd rather have my ass kicked than, and I had braces. So it was a disaster, you know, like I would bleed all over and you know, like I was, but, but I'd rather do that than, 
you know, like going through, um, what happened the, you know, like the, the few years before that. So, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I asked for help from teachers and all that stuff and, uh, it, nothing really helped. So I actually eventually started, I, I switched schools because of it. And, um, and then a, a guy tried to bully me at that school and I just socked him, started fighting him. And, and so I'm like you, I got in a bunch of fights that year because I was like, oh yeah, that solves it. And I didn't get, I really didn't get messed with after that, you know? Yeah. And, and, and you know, like it, it's unfortunate, but it does work, you know? So yeah. it's, it's, uh, <laughs> that's not, let's not set an example out of that, but you know, like, yeah. uh, FYI, <laughs> it works. So, yeah. so you meet with these people that, you know, like does party. Um, do you feel... Again, looking back, do you feel that you're, you know, like the, the, um, you know, like the, the endless void of, you know, like being able to take much more than your, you know, like than your friends, you know, like, do, do you feel that you're, you know, like that type or, or it's, it's a progress, you know, like it's a progressive thing. It progressed for sure. Um, I mean, in the beginning, they wanted to hang out with me and I wanted to hang out with them and we did stuff together and had fun and. Sometimes I'd do a little bit more than they would. Sometimes they'd do a little bit more than I would. Um, but it, it, it didn't really progress until later on in high school when people, certain people didn't want to hang out with me because of how much I would use and because of what I would do when I would get loaded. Um, Coming back home, um, you, you had three, you said you had three brothers, right? Older than yeah. you, older than all, you, all younger. All younger. Yeah. So w was there some type of fraternal either friendship or, you know, like, was there like, like something going on with, with your brothers or, or you were just like, w was the age gap, um, something, you know, like I, I wonder. No, the age gap wasn't, um, we were right after another year, year, year. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> and my youngest brother was a couple years, uh, a couple years in the middle there. But um, no, we all got along very well um, growing up. It, you know, it wasn't, it, we all had a, a special bond um, and stuck together. It wasn't until my addiction got really bad um, when they started, started kind of distancing themselves from me. Um. So when it, when I started getting really, really bad, they started pulling back and not wanting to really be around me. And I'm thinking about, you know, like kind of the bullying and all that. I mean, like, were you attending the same school? You know, like, what, was it, was it, you know, like, were, were there, were they, yeah. so they saw that? Yeah, yeah, they did. I mean, I went to school with one of my brothers. We were at that same school and um, I left and he left the next year. Uh, because they bullied him. Wow. So, yeah. So, uh, he left and went to another school and, and, um, loved it. Great, great group of friends he had, and he's still friends with most of those guys to this day. Um, and it stopped for him. Um, but yeah, we, we both went through that. Um, and my littlest brother went through a little bit of bullying too. And I was like, you know what? I was like, hit that kid. Next time he messes with you, hit him. Cause I was tired of it, you know, and I had been through it myself and, um, he did and it stopped and, you know, I'm convinced that there's definitely some PTSD 
um, related to that. You know, you, you, you don't grow the same adult when you've, no. when, when you've, you know, and I haven't, you know, like I, I wouldn't never, you know, like, um, dare say extreme, you know, like you change school, you know, like I consider this way worse than I, you know, like I, I went through, but, um, but even the experience I had, um, was enough for, to say that, you know, like it, it, it definitely has changed who I was, you know, like where even in high school, I, I, I would have rather been the bully myself, um, than the bullied, you know, like, so, so yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, <clears throat> when you make it through something like that, I think it makes you a stronger person. It definitely, um, it's definitely different, you know, and when I hear about people, um, going through getting bullied right now, it makes me upset. Yeah was um so when, when you start um using does it change kind of the kid you are at school in terms of you know like both grades and you know kind of the the the, the, the social network that you had um it yeah it 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 stopped the grades for sure um because i started partying um Sorry, my dog's going crazy. Um, <laughs> so I started hanging out with this group of, of people and, and I'd stopped caring about school because I, I kind of was at the point where I was like, school's not going to teach me anything. It was never, it never helped me out and it never did this and that for me. And so I stopped doing school. I stopped playing sports, uh, which was a huge passion of mine. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was not a fun time. <laughs> you said it was not a fun time or on, on quite the opposite, you know, like it was the, well, I, I thought that I was having a great time. Um, but it, it really wasn't, you know, it was like, I look back on it now and it was like a lot of years. Ah, how do I put it? It's like not wasted because it made me the man that I am today. Um, but at the same time, you know, like, did, did you feel, you know, like between like two, two, um, binge or whatever we'd call it, but you know, like, do, do you feel that you, you felt miserable between, you know, like th those, you know, like those party times or, you know, like I, I was trying to explain, um, to my wife, which had never tried like magic mushrooms, for example, you know, like, and I told her, I had a blast. <laughs> yeah. Know, th those were, those were fantastic times. And, um, the, the feeling like shit part came much later, you know, like the, kind of the experiencing part. Well, sure. It, it, you know, I like could messed up my grades and, you know, like I couldn't, you know, like I, I, I left college because of that, you know, like, so, um, which is our college is actually your senior years. Um, and, uh, I couldn't, I just couldn't finish, you know, like I, I almost didn't start actually. So, um, <laughs> so it was, it was, you know, like, but even, even at that time, you know, like I, I wouldn't say that, you know, like I was, um, saddened or, or in pain again, you know, like it was, like much later when, you know, like I had my first kid and, you know, I kind of hid, started hiding my, you know, like what I used 
from my then girlfriend yeah <clears throat> i mean i had a i had some good times um i definitely did uh when i was with other people uh when i was with other people and and doing it, it i was having a having a blast you know um but when i was alone it was i was miserable yeah um yeah i was you know i was i would say in the beginning i wasn't in the very beginning i was having a great time all the time um but that quickly changed um because when the when the physical dependency kicked in uh, the, the 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 alcoholism and drug addiction was already there then the mental obsession and, and all of that stuff was was there but that, that physical um that's when i started getting miserable um and it was like that the, until i got sober as long as i in unless i was high the kit the physical was from alcohol the physical was from uh i had a physical dependency on on cocaine and um and painkillers when did uh either of them started off those started off um probably when i was in my late teens um and ended when i was i got sober when i was 21. so you know like um by that time what was you know like what was going on with i guess you know like you had left high school or you had you had finished high school yeah i mean it, it was it, i was definitely partying a lot and doing a lot of drugs at the end of high school i mean i i went i started skipping school my junior year um of high school and i actually had to go to a different school my senior year uh to make up the grades and finish out my senior year because of of my partying and i loved it because i only had to go to school from like 9 a.m to 12 30 in the afternoon and it was all online and i got straight a's <laughs> so i had a ton of time to do whatever i wanted um and once i graduated high school it was like game on and um and i was partying what was every the day. ambition what was the ambition then you know like in terms of you know like what was um, what was supposed to come next I don't know more partying. Okay. That was as far as I got. <laughs> awesome. Like, a. you know, it was, it was like, maybe one day I'll get it together. Uh, so and, uh, a Van you know, Wild one day I'll just become a Van a Wilder, a Van Wilder moment. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> What's your plan? Well, party. Um, yeah, exactly. And so, so you, you, what do you do? You like, you pick up like, like the part-time or full-time jobs and you know, like the, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I was a, a valet driver for, for a while and park cars. Um, I did that. I was, uh, a tennis, uh, instructor for a little bit. So I taught tennis to kids. Um, which was easy. It was just like, yeah, hit the ball. You throw the ball at them. They hit it back, you know, stand there with a shopping cart full of balls and you just keep throwing it one way and having them hit it over the net. Um, and, and then the rest of the time I was fighting a hangover or I was getting loaded. 
you said that you know like at some point it starts being um way less cool or 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 fun do you have memories on you know like both when it started to get less fun to a bit of you know like waking up fucked up from the day before and say well that can't be it yeah yeah i mean i when things started to change for me is when i started physically hurting myself um and ruining relationships i ruined so many relationships um and and i think when i started i mean i started i totaled a motorcycle uh i crashed my car a couple times um got arrested um woke up with broken bones in my hands from fighting uh i lost most of the time um that's when it started to get really ugly i started having blackouts that lasted days um blacked out i blacked out during my grandfather's wake and i blacked out when he passed away he was on uh hospice at our house and we got to kind of hold his hand um and i remember for a split second uh sitting in that room with him but that's it and so i missed out on 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 that um and i do regret that um but when that stuff started to happen that's when it was like whoa something is really wrong here and i didn't know what to do i mean i i tried therapy i tried stopping um and detoxing my mom would help me detox towards the end she was sober um she had gotten sober so she would help me detox and i never lasted more than four or five days sober um i never tried any 12-step program i tried everything but that um and i just couldn't figure it out and you know like do you feel that you know like you, you, you was there a way well first what was the relation with the family at that time i mean i i didn't really have one i i mean i, I would talk to my brothers and my parents but i was um gone most of the time and when i was there i was messed up so the relationship wasn't um we didn't have the best relationships during that time they so, would they would they would approach me and tell me um that they're worried and um my brother closest in age to me um didn't really want to have anything to do with me um because he knew i was full of shit and um so the lying constantly. and all that stuff started already oh yeah yeah and um and so you had pretty much like nowhere to reach out for um you know like to, to ask for help no i mean i i did but i i didn't know it at the time i mean i i had <clears throat> at the end of it um I knew my mom was, was sober. Uh, I didn't think that she was like me. I thought I was worse. Um, 
and I had a night. Um, it was a really bad night. Um, I'd had bad nights before, but this one was, was different. You know, I got, it was Halloween night in 2012 and I got into a bar fight. Uh, I just broken up. My girlfriend had just broken up with me. Um, I ran down a freeway just crying. Uh, I didn't really want to live anymore. Um, I ended up throwing my, my coworker picked me up and took me back to his house and I ended up throwing him over his balcony. Um, I thought I had killed him, but he, he turned out to be okay. Um, and fine, but I woke up the next morning and, and I knew that I had to get help. And I asked my mom, I was like, I need help. Will you help me get help? I don't know what to do. And I just was willing to either get help or die at that point. And, um, she, she gave me the number to a, a treatment center. And so I called it and, and got in there. But before that, I didn't really feel like anybody could help me. And, you know, like it, well, first of all, um, congratulations for, you know, like the courage it take to actually reach out, you know, like, even though, you know, like you, you were blessed with actually a relative, um, that, you know, like that you knew, uh, had found a solution, you know, like, so, mm -hmm. so it's, uh, that's, that's quite a blessing. Um, at the same time, as you said, you know, like how, you know, like, you know, you, you must feel like, well, my situation is different because of this, this and that, you know, like, so, um, you know, like whatever, you know, like my mom just drinks, I do drugs. So it's not the same thing or whatever. Did you have those apprehension or, or kind of, um, preconceived ideas? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, I mean, it was all preconceived ideas. Uh, I, I, I found out later on, I mean, she visited me in, uh, rehab. And was like, Hey, sit down. I got to tell you something in college. I did this in high school. I did this after college. I did this. And I'm like, Oh, wow. Okay. So we're more alike than I thought, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we, we, over the past eight years that I've been sober, I mean, we have got, we have, uh, laughed, cried. I mean, we wrote a, a book together that's, um, brought us closer together and, uh, we are way more similar than I, th I had thought previously. <laughs> How, um, you know, like how ready were you when you got to the therapy? Oh, uh, to the treatment center? Yeah. Oh, I was, I, what I was completely ready is, is what I thought. Um, I went there, I took a whole bunch of drugs before I walked in there. So I was like, I knew I had to, or else I wouldn't go. Um, and when I woke up the next day, I was like, Oh shit, what did I get myself into? But something had changed in me that wasn't there previously. Um, and for some reason, you know, previously I would run away from everything, from every fear. And, and I was terrified to be in this place. And I didn't run. I wanted to, but something in me was like, just stay another day and another day and just keep going. And it got better every day. And, and so I went into that thinking that I was 100% willing. 
Um, and that, you know, because I, I didn't think that I had any other option and I didn't think anything else would help. And the fact that I kept getting a little bit better every day or two kept me in there uh, and kept me working on myself because it was the first time that that had happened to me that I was getting better. Yeah. So it kept me there. Was it, um, you know, like, was it relying on the 12 steps? What was it based on that treatment center? So it, it was 12 step based. I, I didn't, the first couple of weeks, I didn't get into any of the 12 steps really. Um, they basically, I went in there thinking that I could get out of there and drink again, like, a, like normally. So it, it was a lot of learning for me and learning kind of, okay, been there. we got to deal. Yeah. We got to deal with this stuff in your life. We have to deal with that stuff. We got to educate you on what you're, what you're dealing with, what you're struggling with. Yeah. Um, and kind of asking my story and me telling them my story and then pointing out, okay, here you tried to stop. You started again. It got worse. You stopped there. You started it again. It got worse what's going to be different this time if you start again? And I'm like, Oh shit, I guess you're right. Um, and then they started introducing the 12 steps. Um, so I did probably a hundred and 20, 150 days worth of treatment consecutively. Wow. Just, that's, that's, that's long. Yeah. I just stayed. I thought, it, you know what I went in? <laughs> it's funny. I went, I went to treatment thinking it was only going to be 30 days. <laughs> wow. Oh, I was mistaken. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> yeah. What, you know, like, and, and what, you know, like simple question, but you know, like, what did you learn there? You know, like what was, you know, like what was your biggest kind of aha movement? Uh, moment when, when you, when, you know, like looking back. Yeah. The biggest <clears throat> aha moment, um, was, was a couple of things. So one, I talked to a guy that was in there, another patient. And I was like, Hey, I don't think I can stay in this place. I'm miserable. And he's like, he said to me, uh, it could, it gets better every day. And for some reason I listened to him and, and, and believed him. And I, I still know him today. I still talk to him today, that guy. Um, and the next thing was talking to other people in there about their experiences and their lives and what they struggled with. And I related a hundred percent to those people. And, and it was like, it was like we were, you know, we're going through the same exact stuff. And so when I talked to them and then I, when I talked to other people that had long-term sobriety that would visit there or bring a meeting there, and I would have the same experience that they did and the way that they got out of it, uh, was the 12 steps. And, and, and so I was like, this is what I have to do, I guess. And when I started to do that stuff, my life started getting better and better and better. And so I knew that I was on the right path. 
would you would you say that you know like you, you had to go through um kind of the first step and for for the listeners that don't know what i'm talking about you know like it's pretty much um admitting that you're powerless over any substance that you you've had had contact with would you would you say that that was pretty much what the 150 days were for um i would say that i wouldn't say that it was dedicated to that um once i figured out what that step was it made a lot of sense to me um i would say that the first 30 days were dedicated to that um the first 30 days were were dedicated to educating me about how and why i was powerless and and showing me examples in my own life of of why that was true did you know like what was you know like the the morning move you know like how you know like do you feel there was like a, a morning moment of you know like you know like kind of shutting down what has for so many years been a crutch for you you know like um was was there like a feeling of of like almost sadness to that or you were like so over with you know like you know like, I didn't miss it when I went to therapy, you know, like I didn't miss it when I end up in a, in a treatment center because I was really to the end of my, you know, like my, you know, like my, um, rope, you know, like, so, so there was no way I could miss it, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but I, but I've spoken to people that felt that, um, you know, like there, there was almost like a, a mo you know, like moments of, of sadness of, of almost like a grief that they had yeah. to let that go. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, that definitely was there. It was like, for me, it, it presented itself in a way that, um, was like, I miss that. I miss those experience. I, I miss the act of getting high and feeling that way. But I know that it's not good for me. And, I was like, why, why is my brain telling me to go do that? But I know that it's not good for me. It's like, what is that? Like, oh, Tom, well, that's, um, that's drug addiction. I'm like, oh, okay, good. I'm in the right place, you know? Um, so, you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't think that I, went through a period of time where I was like mourning the loss of it. Um, it was more the confusion of why I still wanted to do it, even though I knew that it was bad for me. What was it coming out in the outside world 150 days after being kind of in a bubble? What was it like? It was weird, <clears throat> you know, as time went on, I wasn't in lockdown for 150 days. So each kind of segment, I was able to experience more of the world. Um, so the first 30 days I was completely blocked off. I remember, um, 
I didn't see anything for, for 30 days. And, and a lot of people think that 30 days is, is a, a short amount of time. And it is, but when you don't see something or you don't do something for 30 days, it's a lot of time. Um, and so when I got out of there and I passed a bar, I kind of got anxiety. I was like, Oh my God, there's a bar. Like, how am I going to stop myself from, from going in there? Yeah. And, um, and, and so there were little things like that, but I, I got to experience it in a safe environment. Um, and then I, I was given more freedom. Uh, at first it was after 30 days, then it was after another 30 days. Uh, then it was after another 30 days, eventually to the point where I was inpatient, but I could take my bike to the store or to go get food. Uh, or ride my bike to a meeting. Um, <clears throat> and it ended up to the point where I was living in a home, a sober living home, where I could go to work, go to my meetings. But at the end of the day, I'd have to go back there and take a drug test and abide by the rules of the house. Um, so when I finally got out of sober living, I wasn't like a complete shock. Um, it, I, it was a gradual thing. What was the um, kind of the mental health regimen or, or diet that you were given coming out of, you know, of, of that treatment center? Was there any kind of, um, you know, like a being in the real world for dummies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I'd say that that was in my meetings. Um, <clears throat> there wasn't any like book. Well, I mean, there is a book, uh, but there wasn't any like, this is how you're supposed to do this. And this is how you're supposed to do that. It was more of like, whenever I would get into a situation, I would ask somebody else who had been sober longer than I had that had been through that experience and what they did and how they got through it. And so that's, that's kind of how I started to live my life as I started to run everything that I was thinking or doing, um, by somebody else in the beginning. Now, I mean, I'm able to, to, to make my own decisions, um, <clears throat> and kind of weigh the consequences or, or, you know, kind of figure out what to do and what not to do. You kind of, you learn that after a period of time. Um, but in the beginning it was definitely, yeah. I, I definitely ran everything by everybody else. What's the biggest takeaway for, 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 from all of that experience? So like the, and I mean, the experience of kind of like, um, going sober, um, what do you feel is the biggest takeaway? I think for me, the biggest takeaway is that I can't do this alone. Um, and the help is, is right around the corner. It's at, at the, at my fingertips. All I have to do is make a phone call to ask somebody for help. Um, so those, the, that, that would be, I, I know you asked for one, but I would say those are the biggest two, um, for me. And, and I, the, the biggest one is definitely that I can't do this alone. And the minute that I think that I can, I'm screwed. You're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, You've been, you've been, um, sober for how long now? A little over eight years now. What, what do you see, um, 
in terms of you know because because there's almost like a, a progress of maturity of our of our sobriety right you know like i feel it um that you know like the five-year mark was something big for me mm. um um not in terms of you know like being like uh, feeling fragile or feeling in danger but you know like really um I'll, you know like i i I know some people didn't like that, but you know, like I, I, I used to say, I felt that I was um, embracing some of this stuff that you know some would consider um, like, um, for example, you know, like I, I work in sales in technology. Um, I, I, my, my, sometimes my obsessive and compulsive um, behavior not only has helped me be, be a great professional, but especially in sales. I mean, like the, there's something about like the, the, um, the hungriness or how much I starve, you know, like closing a deal or doing something that, you know, like definitely comes from these obsessive and compulsive mm -hmm. genes, you know, like, so it, it, they have to. Um, and my five-year mark was actually a time where I did, I decided to embrace some of this stuff that, you know, um, some had previously tell me that I had to get rid of. Um, mm. And it was kind of a milestone for me. Um, have, you, have, you, have you gone through something similar to that? Where, you know, like, what, what would you say um, is the, um, how do you feel is the, has your sobriety grown in you? So I, I think... You know, for me, besides the obvious of like being able to support myself and being a good person and um, staying clean and sober, besides that, I, I'd say, you know, I focused a lot really early on on like um, things that I thought were bad for me. We call them character defects. Yep. Um, I focused a lot on, on that and trying to get rid of them. Um, and trying to pray, uh, to have them, you know, taken away or, or, you know, a, a hundred different things. And I finally was just like, you know what, I'm not going to change until I get in enough pain to where I want to change. That's just how I am. That's just how I'm built. Um, so I started, like you said, I started embracing this stuff. Um, and slowly, but surely a lot of them started to change and I started to grow a lot. Um, so I think coming to that point was, <clears throat> was a big, you know, big point for me. And especially grabbing a handle on those, you know, like, yeah. meaning that, you know, like you, 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 sure enough, you know, like I, I, you know, like I, I'm, um, can it hurt you? Fuck yes. You know, like, you know, like, you know, candies are great, but you know, like if I, if I put my addiction, you know, like my, my, my addictive, um, switch on you know like i can eat five pound five pounds and and friggin throw it back out you know like so <laughs> yeah. you know um so there's all kinds of things you know like that you know like i need to be careful with you know like uh, money um you know like friendship whatever i i endeavor in you know like if i you know like just my podcasting journey is a great example of where you know like i i i, I lost the switch you know like i and and made you know, like, well, actually, you know, like if I, if I'm having a couple of sleepless nights because it upsets me, 
that I'm going to have the best fucking equipment and, you know, like everything's going to be pristine and A1 and for whatever I endeavor in, well, it's not good for me. It's harmful. And when I say grabbing a hold and, you know, like having a grasp on those, those, um, those traits of character, um, that's exactly, you know, like it's actually talking to yourself and say, Hey, Hey, hey you know, like relax, you know, like <laughs> yeah, 100%. Take, take a back seat, you know, like it, <laughs> everything's yeah, going to be I, fine, buddy. You know, like, so I had a, a, an experience like you did with sales. And, um, when I got back into competing, uh, and snowboarding and it was like, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm newly sober, um, you know, and, and I, just throw it all into snowboarding. I mean, I'm training, I'm working out, I'm eating right, I'm doing this, I'm sleeping, um, sleeping well, and it was all, all there. Um, and I, it turned out to, I turned out to be pretty successful and and winning some gold medals and you know and and doing that. But when I stopped, um, I had to learn how to how to do stuff in moderation, which I didn't know how to do, but. Um, I, I, you know, I'd say it's really, it's cropped up in during this, uh, pandemic, you know, especially with eating because it's like, all right, all the restaurants are closed, but you can order out and the grocery store, you got to put on a mask and do it. So I'm like, let's just order door dash. <laughs> exactly. We've been door dashing <laughs> all the time. Too much. And it's like, and I, then I hop on the scale and I'm like, Oh, whoa. You know what I mean? It's been a year of that. So, <laughs> you know. It can creep up on you a little bit. Yeah, and and you talked about training. You know, like I've hurt myself, I've hurt my back so many fucking times training. Yeah, you know, and and you know, like it's it's um, it's kind of a sad and funny story at the same time. You know, like my my, I was over. I think the last time when it it happened was I I, I weighed myself and I was at least fifty pound overweight, and um. And that was a few months before um, my stepdad, my father-in-law's girlfriend, um, got a cancer a few months shy of her of her pension. Mm. And uh, it was a lung cancer. I was a heavy smoker myself, and uh, I see kind of that whole thing uh, unroll in front of me. Right, like has like her own you know, like her own last wishes where, you know, like she wanted to finally get married to my father-in-law. And so we go through like the celebration of that, you know, like can end. Um, but, you know, like she, she wears like a, either, um, you know, like a, a bandana or she has like um, the toupee or whatever, you know, like it's, it's just fucking tragic. Right. But yeah. it, it, it shocked me so much that stopped smoking and started training, but train you know like 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 just like a maniac yeah. and so i think that summer i probably did something like five or six obstacle spartan races oh shit you know and and was so i i i still have upstairs two or three trifectas of spartan which are like the three races like the five the 15 and the 25 yeah. in the same summer um and you know i, I went i have like a, a rack full of medals of you know like these races and but but hurt myself you know like i i i train like a maniac to a point where my wife 
was like, well, you're getting too thin. You know, like it's, 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 you know, like when, when, when you start weighing saddle leaves, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's, there's something wrong going, you know? Yeah. And so, um, then again, has, I have to stop, you know, the pandemic has hit a switch where I was stuck with the kid home. Um, I was considered essential worker. So I had to do at least a bit of, um, of remote work. Um, but you know, like it was tough, you know, like my son is young and, and, and so we, we would try to balance between my wife's work and mine. And, um, so I started running, you know, like, so instead of running after my son in the house, I just put him in the stroller and started running. But, you know, like by, I think by the end of the summer, I had something like 600 something kilometers done. You know, like it was just crazy, just, just too much. I don't know, but you know, like my knee hurt right now, you know, and, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, like I, again, you know, like I, I have to, sometimes I have to talk to myself and it's weird because you have to talk to yourself that you're doing, um, so much good that it's not good. Um, so it's a, it's kind of a weird conversation you have. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's still to this day tough to find the right balance to it all. Um, which brings me to my next question. What would you say eight years in that is a balance, um, mental health and, and diet for, for, for Tom? I mean, I need to be working. I need to be working out. Uh, I need to be social. Um, I need to eat right. I, I mean, you know, I have to do all that stuff, but I think I'll always, um, deal with, with the overdoing it, um, aspect with, with everything that I do, because I think that's just how I was built. Um, and that's fine. Like if I have to, if I have to check myself every month or, uh, every, every couple months or whatever, I'd be like, all right, I need to tone it down in this. I need to do a little bit more of that. Um, that's, that's fine with me. You know, it, it, if I, if I have to deal with that, you know, I'm good because the alternative sucks, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, I think that is the most important, um, piece or part of the journey if mm -hmm. if if you never forget the last few days of when you decided that you had enough you're oh, good, yeah. you're good to go you know like yeah, you, that's, you, that's, that's a key you know uh, it, it, you know like you know like i know exactly where i was what i was doing and what state of mind i was in and because of that I'm, I'm safe. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm safe because you know, like there's no fucking way I'm going back there. No, exactly. Way. Exactly. <laughs> if you forget that, you know, what's the, what's the point of staying sober anyway? Cause you don't remember how bad it was. Exactly. And, and even worse. So, you know, like, a, you know, like that, you know, like I, there are some that I call like serial relapser, um, that, you know, like becomes, they almost becomes invincible. Well, they think they are. Um, but, that that for me it's scary as hell because you know like it's if you tr you know like if you i don't want to say try but you know like that's the pretty much the only word i find but you know if you try relapsing 
and you survive it, I think it's way more dangerous than have, you know, like, uh, I don't know, you know, like still to this day, I don't know what a relapse mean. And yeah. it's, and it scares me. Yeah. And I think because of that, um, again, you know, like I'm safe, I'm good. Yeah. And if fear wasn't part of the equation, again, I would probably be in danger. Um, oh yeah. And, and, and so when it, you know, like there's, there's kind of that, um, there's, there's a big, um, it seems to be kind of like the cool thing to do right now. You know, like I told, I told you about February, which was the equivalent of sober October, but here in Quebec. And, um, there's like, like the, the cool thing to do is to not drink for X amount of days or, and so the, the difference between someone like you and I, Tom, and, and, and the people that, that quote unquote tries it for a month, um, gets all mixed up right now. There's a lot of overlapping. And so yeah. not that I can't identify myself at these people, but I, well, I actually not, I, well, I can't, you know, <laughs> you know, um, because my, my next drink could be fatal. Yeah. And, 100%. you know, and my next, um, my, my next token, a joint can be fatal. So that's, that's a mountain of difference between me trying to go dry for one month and, and me, you know, yeah. there's, 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 and, and that's my, that's probably what, what, um, scratches me on the wrong side when I, when I look at what we do out of some of those campaigns is that we, we don't, um, we don't specify enough to the, to the outside world that there's definitely a difference between, um, my, my risk of the next drink being so dangerous for me because of how I'm, I'm genetically composed and my my next door neighbor that um gives it a try quote unquote um yeah i i i didn't give it a try i actually had to save my ass that's the biggest difference you know i i, I couldn't give it a try i was saving my life you know so um so yeah i mean like the the, the you know like the, that's what i want this podcast to be um is actually just like a, um, a, a testimony of there are people and there are a lot of people that um, this is a life-threatening disease. Yeah, and, it um, is. And, and, and because it becomes, you know, like because of some, you know, like 0% um, alcohol barrier and 0% alcohol this or that, and, you know, like people think that... Um, I couldn't slow down because, you know, like I, I'm, you know, like I, on my day-to-day -day life, I don't slow down in anything I endeavor in. So why would I fucking do it on a beer or on a, on a, on a joint or, you know, exactly. <laughs> you know, you know, there's no way. You know? Exactly. Um, wow. And so, um, How's your how, how's your life now, Tom? It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, I'm in a in a beautiful relationship, and um, she's amazing. And and uh, 
and she understands this thing uh, exactly the way that we do. Um, and, uh, you know, I work for myself and, um, you know, my life is, is incredible. You know, you take away the COVID shutdowns. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty good, you know, I love and, the life that I have. And adds off to our, um, to our, to our, um, to our girlfriend, boyfriend, parents, brothers, sisters, you know, like adds off to these people, you know, like they, you know, it's, um, you know, like my wife, we've met 12 years ago and, you know, like, so, so she didn't see like the fucked up me. Um, but you know, like I had to kind of teach her, um, what it is, you know, like she, she had seen and she had spoken to a few people that, you know, like either were sober or, um, before, but you know, like living with one is a bit different. It is um, <laughs> just a bit. And so, um, we had a lot of conversation around it. There was a lot of talk, um, especially when she saw me and I think, you know, like it was through examples, you know, like when she saw me, um, you know, behave as, as, um, as an addict mm -hmm. while sober that she was like, Oh, that's what you mean. Exactly. That's precisely what I meant. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, so adds off to these people that, you know, like at some point, you know, like if, if they, if they do want to continue the relation, um, they have to understand what it means and what it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you, um, pretty much the last question for you is, you know, like, do you, do you, um, use social networks to kind of promote, uh, sobriety or to inspire others or, you know, like where can, you know, like, well, is it something that you do? And if so, you know, like where can people find you? Uh, I don't really, um, promote it. Um, I just, uh, the, the only way that I do is, is through the book. Um, I, I wrote a book about it. Um, and everything else is kind of word of mouth. Um, and if people know that I'm sober and they, they, they're struggling or somebody knows me and knows I'm sober and they, they reach out. Uh, but I don't, I don't really promote it on social media or anything like that. Um, it's just, uh, just in the, in the book that I wrote out there right now. Um, and that's on, on Amazon. It's called unraveled, um, a mother and son story of addiction and redemption. And so, so. for the listeners, I kept it all, you know, <laughs> a bit <laughs> on the back burner for, you know, like the old conversation. I didn't want this to jinx the conversation I had with Tom, but you know, like Tom is actually the son of Laura which, you know, like we're going to get the three of us together soon to have like kind of, a, a you know, it's, it's a bad pun to say the postmortem, <laughs> but it would actually be kind of the, I, I absolutely am super excited to have the conversation of the whole dynamic of, you know, like a mother and a son um, going through the same pain, but, but some, you know, like big differences in terms of, you know, like, uh, the sun, uh, well, you, you get the picture guys, you know, like, so, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, like, uh, it's coming soon. So, um, 
All right. So you you said unraveled. Uh, I guess um, I think your your Laura told me that there was um, even an Instagram um, account for the book. Yes. Yeah. It's called Unraveled uh, the book. I believe the Instagram account. Yeah. Um, yeah. And no worries uh, for anyone that listens that you know like want wants to find these links and all that. They're going to be provided in the description. Wherever you're listening that too, you just scroll a bit, <clears throat> look, look down there. You're going to find the April link for both finding the book, finding the Instagram uh, channel and uh, through these means um, get grab a hold of Tom or Laura. So Tom, thanks a lot for your time. Um, people are tired. Yeah, thank that, you for having me. I'm, 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 you know, like I'm having a blast uh, doing that and, um, And it was it was great uh, meeting you, really. Awesome. It was nice meeting you as well. Thanks a lot, Tom. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. 